of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Welcome to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST. Broadcasting from the Hoppy Kerchival Building in Martinsburg. Final show of the week, Panhandle Live on this 5th day of January 2024. Panhandle Live is always broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kerchival Building and driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. We'll tell you a little bit more about them later on in the program. I'm Luke Wiggs. Joining me in studio is Martinsburg's leading Jim Bro, Marsha Kavalik. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I, and the backstory is our next guest, Berkeley County Ambulance Authority Director Brian Costello, was listening when I was on with Rona. Of course. On today's 97.5. We were talking about beginning of the year in the gym. And I mentioned that sometimes you make awkward eye contact with people who are more dedicated to be in the gym than you are. And I call them Jim Bros. And and Brian is Jim Bro. So, I didn't so, know. So here's the question as, as we bring Brian Costello into the conversation. I um I haven't been back to the gym since the turn of the new year. I'm going to break that trend today. Have you noticed them been exceptionally crowded with people making their New Year's resolution since the first? I don't know that it's been more crowded. It's definitely uh, the landscape's changing with the new gym coming in with One Life building mm-hmm. in, in town here. So I think a lot of people have gone to them as a precursor to the new gym opening up. And we notice a lot of our clientele moving away from Planet Fitness. But uh, no, it's it's about the same, not what I expected. More people in the parking <laughs> lot, but about the same in the gym. Well, I didn't mean to offend the gym bros out there, but um, yeah, some of us, uh, you know, aren't, I mean, we're going at our own pace, you know, let's just as put it, it that way. Be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, um, so you, you brought in a really cool uh, coin this morning. The uh, Ambulance Authority has a new logo and an anniversary. We do. This is our 35th year of uh, service to the community. And um, this, I think, the fourth iteration of coins that we've done in my time here. But this is by far one of the most unique that we've put together. It has our new BCEA logo. That logo was designed by one of our own employees. It wasn't something that... Uh, didn't outsource it. Down. They didn't outsource, and they're very proud of it. And the BCAA is what we focused on as we uh, designed our new mission and core values for our people. Uh, we use the be prepared, be compassionate, be excellent at your job, adaptive, and uh, accountable for your actions. Oh, very cool. So... Um, we have you on because it's the new year and there will be some new fee structures and I'm going to let you take that on. But I know that there's been a concerted effort to kind of level the playing field and make sure that, you know, folks are paying what they should, especially when we're talking about non-residential. Exactly. When uh, there was 11 year period before the then County council raised the residential fee from $60 to one ten. And one of the tasks they asked us is if we, in fact, build non-residential like the uh, fire board. And we said we do not. So they tasked us at that point to create a structure that would allow us to recoup, to recoup some of our costs when we go to these buildings and businesses. Um, for instance, you know, you can, when we did our data mining, we found out that in one year we had over 61 calls to uh, Macy's. So what we looked at is everything came back about 7% of our call volume was to these businesses, schools, and things of that nature. So when we looked at our budget, that's what we were looking for to recover. 
So we start the task of creating this structure. We reached out to Jefferson County, who had a uh, non-residential fee structure in place. We reached out to a small group in Wynn, Arkansas. And we developed this. And finally, after a couple iterations in April of 23, uh, the county commission said, yes, this is what we want to go with. And let's start moving forward. So that started the whole process of uh, building a system of accountability. And we, we believe that the seven, this is based on the 7% of the call volume that we're going to get, that we're, you know, going to these places. So it, it's our hope that uh, by doing this, it, it helps moving forward to provide these services. But the big thing that this allowed us to do is for our homestead homeowners, we were allowed to give them a $25 discount on that $110 fee. So um, we believe that we gave a little, we're going to get a little, we understand it's new. We want our business partners to know that, Hey, it's new. If you have questions, reach out to us. If our data may be a little off, let's work together to get it right. This is just not an end all be all. This is very dynamic for us. I like that you're saying it's dynamic because I think there, there will be people who say, wait a minute, what, this is a change. I don't like a change. I'm looking at your fee structure and it's not a one size fits all. Um, I'm noticing there's a different structure for houses of worship, board of education, school rates, mass gathering places where you're, the building's not full all the time. Correct. But when it is full, it's full. Correct. We are what we're looking at really on the mass gathering fee. I'm glad you mentioned that is something like a Shiley Acres. It's not something that they're going to utilize all the time, but you can have those weekends where you can have 15,000 people come in for an event. And what we look at is, you know, what time of year is the event is, you know, was the temperatures going to be hot to where we can have possible heat injuries, how many additional crews we need to bring on board and for what time we need to have them. And as you know, all those things come with additional costs that you may not budget throughout the year. So that was one of the reasons for the mass gathering fee. A lot of people, and we do expect some kickback on the school deal because they, people say, well, our kids are covered on, under our homes. But what we have to look at is how often do our schools rent facilities to public uh, sporting events or uh, extracurricular band events, or the school comes from out of town, out of county, and, you know, all it would take is one major event, and that can task your resources pretty quickly. So we understand their point of view, um, but we're asking them to kind of look at that picture the same way that we do when it comes to providing services. Non-residential, pretty broad, as we mentioned, some of those houses of worship, the school board, uh, mm -hmm. the gyms, and, and um, Shiley Acres and, you know, concert venues um, in, in the area. But also uh, commercial, mixed-use, industrial um, so commercial would be shops? Is that it, what I'm... It would be. It would be our businesses. And, you know, unless it's a home business where the call would be generated and going to the same place, whether it was 9 to 5 or after 5, if uh, someone's running a business out of their home, we're not going to assess that fee to them because it's the same. But you're looking at places, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you look at Macy's, you look at Procter & Gamble, uh, you know, Procter & Gamble has over almost 2.5 million square foot, over nine buildings out there. And it's manufacturing. We, I think we generated somewhere in the neighborhood of 50-some calls there. And they were anything from employee illness, employee injury, uh, maybe a truck driver were bring, was bringing something in and, and was ill and, and got a call. But, uh, you know, we looked at all of these things to try to determine the, the best way to go, what type of fee structure we should come up with. And, and because you mentioned that one, that one is our most elevated to those That's manufacturing Procter and Gamble in particular? Correct. Correct. All right. So so just to give us some clarification, Brian Costello is with us from the Berkeley County Emergency Ambulance Authority. A resident 
is paying how much a, a, a year? They're paying one ten a year. Okay, Procter and Gamble a year. Um, based on this here with the nine buildings and like I said, about 2.5 million square foot, they're looking at an annual bill of around $68,000. So, I mean, when you're talking about kind of evening out the playing field and, um, helping make sure that folks are paying to scale, correct. um, a big business, an entity like Procter and Gamble. And have you gotten any pushback from some of the, the area industry or are they still kind of, um, absorbing this? Well, I think it's new. They, they've heard it, but they haven't seen anything yet. I, and that's why I say I expect them to reach out to my office and reach say, out. hey, he said, reach what's out. going on? Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on? Well, we'll call it reach out. You hopefully know? they're listening to the radio, so it won't be quite the shock. Well, that's one of the reasons for being here today is hopefully they'll hear this and they'll begin that process. But we do. We anticipate them calling. And, you know, it could be anything where, hey, you're saying we have a 50,000 square foot warehouse as compared to you know, maybe they're 30,000 square feet and we can make adjustments for that. Um, one of the other places we know we have the big warehouse out in Spring Mills. Um, to me, driving down the road, I see a warehouse, but you go to into, into the assessor's record and it's recorded as industrial. So that's a different rate. Oh, so, so, so that's a, that's a, an assessor issue. Like they have to go in and kind of get that tweaked or. I don't know if it's an assessment issue or if that's going to be an issue where the ownership of that building will come back in and say, Hey, this is what our usage is. Mm-hmm. And based off of that, an assessor would go back out and say, yes, this is not a manufacturing facility. It's actually a warehouse. Is there a grace period? I mean, if, if a company, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking this, this big warehousing, which may have uh, ownership elsewhere, uh, is there a grace period for them to say, wait a minute, um, we, we don't have that many people in here at a time. This is not, we're not making anything. We don't have equipment that's manufacturing anything, even though our zoning says this or our assessment says this. Yeah, we're definitely going to work with, in those particular situations, we're going to work with those companies. Um, a majority, we see a lot of the a majority of these businesses with uh, um, addresses out of state, you know, from Georgia, South Carolina, California. So we anticipate that there will be some questions there, and, and we will work with them accordingly as they reach out. We just don't want any assumptions where somebody's going to assume that, hey, this is going to happen and not work with us to get it done. As, as I've told people you know, we're just enforcers. We're not the policymakers. They make the policy, and our job is to enforce it. Our guest this morning is Brian Costello from the Berkeley County Ambulance Authority, Emergency Ambulance Authority, I should say, with their new logo, et cetera. So I wanted to bring it back to the residents because mm-hmm. I think uh, folks are, you know, going to want to, you know, you're talking a lot about fees and all of that. So uh, reset again how much residents are paying mm-hmm. and, and what kind of um, – tax break or fee break the um, the senior citizens or the homesteaders are going to get? Okay. So as I said, our, our household fee now, as it currently stands, is $110 annually. And for those folks that have been homesteaded through the county's assessor's office and approved, they do an attestation sheet with us that gives them a $25 discount. Now, the one thing, there are some particulars with that is they can't be in arrears on their accounts or anything like that. And that's even when we exonerate homes where people own more than one home, they can get one home exonerated. So we cap it along those lines. But uh, this that's based on a single rate. With the non-residential fee, it's based on building square footage and the type of usage that that building is dictated at. So that's how it's kind of a slide rule there as Mm -hmm. compared to a set rate. So as I said, we're anticipating a number of questions and, you know, we will deal with those as we go. 
I w- go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I wanted to change gears and ask you really quickly before we had to let you go. Uh, Brian Costello is with us. I'm just out of curiosity. You know, we've got a weekend upcoming where we're expecting a pretty significant snow event. You know, what kind of extra preparation goes in, you know, for your guys' services? You know, what can be done? Because obviously ambulances still have to get places even Mm -hmm. if there is snow on the ground. Well, just like other our, our other public safety partners, we monitor it throughout the week. If we believe that it's going to be a major event, we will up staff and bring additional units in. Of course, we prep, you know, shovels, salt, whatever we right. need to get access to people. We have uh, call numbers. Uh, our last big snowstorm, we had to use a front end loader to get up into a home up in Back Creek to bring a patient down to us. We coordinate with the local National Guard for the use of Humvees. And uh, oddly enough, just yes, uh, yesterday or the day before, we were offered the opportunity to be donated a snowmobile. So I, I Why, need, yes. I need to reach out to our insurance company first to see what the liabilities are there. Well, <laughs> you can't just say yes. That sounds so cool. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be more concerned about the non-emergency use of the snowmobile. Oh, I see. I see how it goes. So uh, just one more word about the rest of us who will be careening around on the highways, hopefully not. But um, if we have to go out to work on, on the weekend when this snow comes, uh, give us some safety tips. Well, first of all, be mindful of the people around you. You know, we we can't go through this thinking that everybody's thinking about us. So we have to do that thinking sometimes. Slow down. Be very cautious. Um, Make sure that you have things in your vehicle that should you become stuck somewhere that you can take care of yourself for a few hours before help does get to you. Make sure your cell phone's charged or you've got extra cell phone batteries. But the big thing is being very, very, very mindful of others and courteous to one another rather than just lose it as we've seen in the past say yes to the snowmobile come on brian (laughs) our guest this morning brian costello we really appreciate you giving us the time hey i thank you guys so much for having me on absolutely we've got a break to take we'll continue the conversation in just a moment here on panhandle live you're listening to panhandle live on wepm martinsburg and wcst berkeley springs scratch my back with lightning bolt thunder rolls like a bass drum note Welcome back inside the Hoppy Kirchville building. It is Panhandle Live on this fifth day of January. Panhandle Live is driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care. With two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville, online to a countryroadstire.com today. I'm Luke Wakes, Marsh Kowalik as well in studio, and Marsha, our next guest, joining us via phone. That's right. Happy to have her in, Bonnie McCowan from the Potomac Highland Stewards. Is it McCowan or McEwen? McEwen. McEwen. All right. We'll uh, we'll endeavor to get that right then. So uh, you had uh, seen some of the coverage on Metro News about uh, Quarter H and uh, Secretary of the Division of uh, Highways, uh, Jimmy Riston, is talking about moving forward to that. Obviously, a lot of economic development interests in getting uh, more of a a thoroughfare, an easier uh, way back and forth from some of the points in the state. Um, But uh, your group is wondering what's the rush. Yes, we wonder what's the rush. Um, There are environmental laws in place, and the purpose of these is to make an intelligent decision about building highways before we spend billions of taxpayer dollars. And make no mistake, they've already put a billion in the quarter age, but it's going to take almost another billion to finish the two sections that are in question. One of them is in Tucker County near the Blackwater Canyon, and the other is in Hardy County around Wardensville all the way to the Virginia line. 
And part of the thing that everyone doesn't realize, maybe because the highway department doesn't want to talk about it, is that Virginia has never committed to building its section of Corridor H, which is supposed to connect uh, West Virginia from the state line to I-81 and I-66 outside of Strasburg, the town of Strasburg, Virginia. That's interesting. I was on Corridor H uh, about a week ago, and and there are signs there that you know talk about getting to to um, Strasburg from from there. And and so, do you think the original plans then incorporated the in good faith that Virginia would be um, you know extending their end of of the road, uh, and and maybe now that's not being considered. The, um, I I was around when the original plans were developed. I mean, this this project has actually been thought of for 50 years, and that's why we think maybe it's time to think differently. But they did plan to have Virginia build their section, but Virginia in 1995 refused to build it, and they've never changed their mind. The Commonwealth Transportation Board uh, refused to build it. So... Um, that then last year, the town of Strasburg and the um, the county of Shenandoah uh, passed resolutions against quarter eight going through there. It really would not do any good to Virginia. It'll just tear up the countryside. And I think that's how people in Wardensville are feeling. Um, the traffic right now is coming to Wardensville. If you're talking about economic development, during the past 10 years, that town has really developed into a tourist destination because it's kind of the gateway to West Virginia. Um, Likewise, Tucker County, um, they just got named to the the best small towns in in the state. Um, Davis and Thomas won awards for their historic and natural-based tourism. And what we're afraid of, and a lot of people are afraid of, is that you ruin a good thing. Uh, building a highway through it. Our guest this morning is Bonnie McCune from the Potomac Highland Stewards. So, um, are you are you based in that area? Yes, we're based in Wardensville. And so, I mean, you've said you said you've been kind of following this closely for fifty years. Um, no, not fifty, but I'm thirty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I apologize. Um, so. You know, uh, boots on the ground. I mean, you mentioned some of the economic development issues for small town America, like Wardensville, um, but you also mentioned some of the environmental aspects. What are you guys most concerned about with a with a highway like that uh, coming in to where to your neck of the woods? Well, um, Hardy County is uh, Eastern Hardy County is all pretty much karst terrain. And when they say karst, the geologists are referring to layers of limestone and sandstone. And the really cool thing about cars is that there are caverns and there are springs and there's so many neat geological features um, that you can wreck by bringing great big machines over them. Um, for example, when they built the last stretch of Corridor H, uh, well, this was, this was a long time ago, around 20, 2005, um, that um, Wardsville, right? To the to the uh, west of Wardensville is a is a natural a lake probably one of the only natural lakes in the state known as Trout Pond and that is a sinkhole and it all the water drained out of it during that time 
And now what people are afraid of around Wardensville is that the, the town drinking water comes from springs, and they, uh, they follow the wells and drills. I mean, they follow the springs and drill the wells there. And their, the highway department is agreeing to do monitoring or pay for monitoring that the town is doing. But they will not promise not to mess up the springs or what they're going to do to compensate the town if they, the, their drinking water is ruined. So once again, we have issues of um, is are other things really more important than water? You know, that water is life. Our guest this morning is Bonnie McCune from the Potomac Highland Stewards. Um, do you guys have a central clearinghouse of information? Can folks find out more about your efforts? Yes, you can go to our website at PotomacHighlandStewards.org. And additionally, the Tucker County Group has a website. They're proposing a different route and a different type of highway for their section because they have coordination on either end of their section. And their effort is called Go North. They have another route that they're proposing, and uh, they are frustrated because the highway department won't engage them in conversation about that. And we're frustrated because they won't engage us either. So uh, maybe they'll change their mind. I, I would like to see them do that. Um, but the, but the uh, rhetoric coming out of their mouth uh, is quite uh, aggressive. Hmm. Bonnie McEwen is our guest this morning. Anything else you want our listeners to know before we have to let you go? Yes, just think twice. This is your money. This is taxpayers' money from all over the country. Um, there may be other road projects that are much more important than Corridor H, but somehow the state officials have prioritized that above everything else. Hmm. I but- think they need to reconsider. Very good. Well, uh, Bonnie, we really appreciate you giving us the time this morning. Thank you all for having me. Yep, absolutely. That's uh, Bonnie McEwen, as you mentioned, from the Potomac Highland Stewards. We'll take another break when we return. Our next guest and what could possibly go wrong will be in studio. You're listening to Panhandle Live. We're talking about the issues that matter most to you. Now, back to Panhandle Live. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. As mentioned previously, Panhandle Live is driven by Country Roads Tyro and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville, online too at countryroadstire.com. Today the show continues, segments continue, back by popular demand. It's, of course, time for What Could Possibly Go Wrong. You hear the music. Our guest doesn't, unfortunately, doesn't have headphones, but uh, border means it's time to get serious, Marcia. So uh, Jefferson County Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Management, uh, Deputy Director Dick Myers joins us. Welcome in. Good morning. So I want to ask, of course, Steve is usually here. How's he doing? He's doing good. We look forward to having him back. Still have a few uh, doctor's appointments going on, but hopefully he'll be back in full health here very shortly. He's a toughie. He is. He'll be, he'll be good, right? So yeah, we'll see how long his wife lets him stay home <laughs> before she kicks him out. I'm sure that's got to be hard for him just being home yeah yeah um yeah. so speaking of being home some folks may want to just stay home this weekend uh, as we're getting a little snow and and we don't know how to act we don't <laughs> that first snowfall always gets people it does. most people don't know how to drive for whatever reason i don't know why it's like all you got to do is slow down take your time you'll get to where you need to be so 
Um, but yeah, speaking of the winter weather, we do have a winter weather watch that's in effect for our area. And what that means is it's for you to be prepared. And if it was an actual warning, then that means that it's intimate or occurring at the time. So tomorrow it might actually increase to. Yep. Yeah, breaking news. Alert Berkeley just says a winter storm warning is in effect now. Yes. Yeah. As we, as there we you went go. on air. There we go. So, okay. So, so how, does, that, news, how does that change, Dick? Okay. So that just means that it is going to be happening for sure. They know that from the National Weather Service through all their models. And from the latest weather reports that we've seen, it looks like we're going to get between four to eight inches. So just be prepared for that. Um, Jefferson County looks like they're right on the line. So they're going to get snow initially. And then towards the end, it's going to warm up enough that it might get a little bit of slushy ice. So that's not fun. So you need to keep an eye for that. Okay. So talk about how that changes things. Um, The biggest thing is whenever you're dealing with that, again, especially if you're out working, because if we do get, you know, say four to six inches, people are going to be out shoveling. So just like any other workout, you want to stretch and do all that good stuff. No one thinks to do that. No, they don't. They just go out and do it. Yeah. You know, lift with your legs, not with your back. We all think we're 18 yep. inside. Well, we feel that until the next day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, those are wise words. Yes. Um, push, you know, the snow if you're able to. And then they got all these new um, items out there now that instead actually... Instead of trying to lift instead it. Instead of trying to lift it, yeah. you want to push it. But they also have these snow throwers or snow brushes now that are battery operated. So if you have that ability, that's even nicer. And utilize the 15-year-old in your home, too. Definitely. Yeah, And for sure. check with your neighbors. You know, hey, the kids want to make a couple extra bucks? Come up and shovel our driveway or your sidewalks, whichever the case may be. And stay ahead of it, of course. Like, as it's, yes. as it's snowing, you try to get get as much. And um, a lot of us don't even know where our shovels, salt, all that are, right? Mm-hmm. This is the day to do it. Yes. Make sure that if you don't have it on hand, to go ahead and get that done. Of course, I'm sure all the... Stores are being swamped at this oh, time now man. that people know that this is coming. Okay, so Dick My Myers. daughter was a prime example. <laughs> I asked her because she moved into a new house over the holiday. And I said, do you guys have a shovel? Well, I've got a small shovel that I keep in the car. And I said, well, that doesn't do you any <laughs> That's good. That's not going to do your driveway. No, she well, she hasn't the, had a driveway. No, Come no, on. She had an apartment, so she didn't have to worry about it. So it's like you need to go out and get that. Are you going to drop one melting, off? You know, uh, salt and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That way you can have her kitty litter, whichever the case may be. Yeah, and the cl- kitty litter, not the um, not the clay kind. Right, yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah, I've never yeah. heard that before. Yeah, because yeah. it clumps. Ooh. So you want to be able to get some traction. You want the traction. Sure. You want the kind that's like little rocks. I yeah. see. Not the kind that you put under your kitty cat. Exactly. But, <laughs> oh. Anyway, so Dick Myers is with us from the Office of Emergency Services and Emergency uh, and Homeland Security over in Jefferson County. What are some other tips you have for us? Okay, so the first thing that people want to make sure of, again, you know, it can last for a few hours or a few days, depending on what's coming. Now, we already know that this is going to start probably around 9 o'clock in the morning, probably be done by 6 in the evening. So it's not going to be long lasting. However, there's going to be heavy at times. So, you know, make sure that you have your, uh, just in case we have a power outage, as an example, because you just never know if it's a heavy wet snow, it could bring down some power lines. So make sure that you have a backup if possible and also have supplies on hand. Some of those things for your home is, again, insulate and caulk, you know, if you're able to, which... Hopefully you've already done that and not wait till the last minute. Do it in the warm um, weather. Yeah, you know, learn where your pipes are. If it's going to be cold, you know, and you freeze and they burst, do you know where to turn off your water source? 
So that way you're not getting the mess in there. Um, so anywhere your shutoff valves are. Also have working smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors, especially if you're going to use a generator if the power goes out. That way you're prepared for that. A lot of us uh, break open those wood stoves mm-hmm. whenever the, the weather gets bad or we lose our, our power, but we haven't really done that since the last year. Correct. Any tips so there? You, you want to make sure that you check your flu and have somebody professionally come in and do it. And if it needs to be cleaned, make sure it gets clean because you get all that soot that builds up in there, which causes the flu fires or chimney fires, I should say. And then, you know, so you want to make sure of that and make sure all that's working prior to. Um, also gather up supplies, you know, just like you would any other time. You know, you want to make sure that you have perishable foods or non-perishable foods, I mean. Um, and that way, if the power does go out, you can keep your refrigerator closed because the more you open it up, the more... It's a chance that that's going to spoil. You can also use a cooler out on the your yeah. deck or your yard Take or whatever because you got it's surrounded exactly. by snow. Exactly. <laughs> See now she's thinking she must have lived in Alaska or had an igloo or something. So I I'm live in I live in that. South Berkeley on the mountain. I, we, <laughs> well, this is not my well, first close, go around. Close enough. Close <laughs> enough. Well, turning uh, attention now to some of us poor souls that have to be out on the road while this is happening on Saturday. You know what can be done uh, preparing when you know that and the the, the easy thing is. Don't go on the road if you don't have to. But yes. for those of us that have to make some trips on Saturday, uh, what do we need to be prepared right. for? Right. And like you said, if you don't have to be out, don't be out because you want to give those workers out there the chance to be able to clear those roads and make sure they're safe for people to communicate. Um, but some of the things that you want to have in your car um, is, you know, jumper cables. And what I actually suggest to people, they have these battery operated rechargeable jumper cables now. Mm. And that's actually, I, I invested in those long ago because you don't want to always ch- chance on somebody else being able to jump your car for you. So that's if you're by point. yourself, you have it. And the good thing about that is they also have USB ports that you can charge your cell phones. Hmm. So if your charger, you know, so make sure you have an extra charger. But if your cell phone goes dead, you can actually charge it with that as well. And it also has a flashlight. Is it helpful to have things like, okay, so we've got a major interstate that runs through mm-hmm. our county here. Um, things like blankets i mean what if you get stuck in traffic or your car god forbid goes off into a snowbank correct you want to make sure that you have extra blankets again you want to have snacks that's non-perishable that um you know you in case you do get stuck always make sure you have at least a minimum of a half a tank of gas because if you have to set for a while and if you have an electric car you know that could be just another issue with that yeah have somebody with a generator on the back of their truck Hopefully they get you started. And correct me if I'm wrong, if you're in a situation where you're stuck for a long period of time, you're waiting for someone to come help you, but the car's still running, you want to keep the windows cracked. You know, you don't want to just yes, be sitting just in a Yes, it's just like in your car. house, you're going to have possibly a carbon monoxide building up. Right. So you want to do that as well. Correct. Yep. Um, also have bottled water. If you can, like say, I don't suggest to keep it in there because... It'll freeze. It'll freeze, and then that'll <laughs> have other problems, just like your water pipes, so you don't want to leave it in your car. Um also have extra gloves, or if you don't already have gloves and a coat, which I usually carry one. I usually don't wear one because I'm usually hot blooded. You're Mister Preparedness, so, of course. But, you've but got I do, all that but stuff. I do have that in my car. Again, we talked about having some ice melting stuff or kitty litter. You also want to have some maybe de-icer hmm. that you can spray on your windows in case you need it. Your defroster goes bad or doesn't work at the time, but at least you'll be able to clear your windows off to be able to see. Um, another thing is if you do get stuck in traffic, don't stand out in the middle of the road while you're waiting on somebody to come stay in your car because it's yeah, actually Yeah, but you want to get out and see what's out there. Yeah. <laughs> it, might be, it might be a tractor trailer. Idea. Yeah, that's exactly. a bad idea. Um, Are there ways to make your vehicle more visible? 
Yes, you can actually carry um, what they call like safety triangles that you can put out. Again, if you do get out of your car, make sure it's safe. You don't want to just get out and that kind of thing, but turn your four ways on. That way that'll help. Again, if your car, if you can keep your car running, that's probably better to keep you warm. But for some reason, if you can't, you can still turn your four ways on. You can also pop the hood just to let people know that you are stranded for whatever reason. And that will maybe entice them to maybe either stop and ask if I can help or call if you haven't already been able to do that. Because some people may leave the house or their phone goes dead and they don't have a way to communicate to anybody. Uh, do you have any plans in particular? Are you going to have to be on the road on Saturday or are you going to be call? able to stay home? No, I'm I'm going to be planning on being home. I don't think we're going to have to open up the EOC for just the amount of snow that they're calling for. But there again, I'm on 24-7, so I'm still going to be considered working even though I will be at home. Um, but, you know, so we make contact with our local um, – uh, just lost my train of thought. My local administration. Mm. So that way we can keep up to date with what the weather is doing. So to determine whether we have to have a closure or a, and a delay maybe on Monday. Sure. So it's supposed to warm up. So hopefully. Yeah. The, the whole week it's well, Sunday, it's supposed to be, I think up to by 42 degrees. So I it's like going that. to start melting a little bit. Um, but then throughout the week, it's supposed to warm up to almost 50 throughout the whole week. And then we're also supposed to get some more weather coming midweek and possibly Friday. But with it being so warm, it's going to be rain. So another thing we have to look at is if we have the six or eight inches of snow and we get all this rain, we possibly could have some what we call winter flooding in certain low-lying areas. So people need to be prepared for that as well. Anything else you want our listeners to know before we have to let you go? Nope. I just want to thank you guys for having me on board here. And hopefully I was able to take up the slack that – Steve was having because I got a, I got a rag on him. So we're putting him back to work. You know, as I, soon as he can, he's going to come back on. I told him to make a, a a phone call in here while we were on the air so he could at least gig you a little bit. But he, maybe he's sleeping in. I, he, that's he what I do. He did tell me he has to start taking naps. Ooh. the midday. So I told him, I said, well, if you have to take a nap, we can make a policy in our office that each one of us could take a nap. Your phone just dinged. That might <laughs> it have probably been did. him. <laughs> it, it's probably him. Well, again, our, our guest this morning, Dick Myers, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you very much. You guys have a great evening and great new year. You too. Be safe. Very good. We've got a break to take. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. This is Pinhead Alive. You're listening to Panhandle Live on WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. A little bit of a podcast exclusive here we've got a national weather service playing in the background that we're going to wait until it finishes before we get to our next guest panhandle live as always is driven by country roads tyron auto taking you home with full service auto care with a higher level of care with two locations to proudly serve you and martinsburg and hedgesville online to a country today not much you can do about this in uh, in live radio other than make sure we don't set off the sensor and make sure our podcast listeners aren't confused they sure can take over the airwaves, can't they, at the <laughs> National Weather Service? Uh, and coming up here in just a couple of moments, Metro News Talk Line, uh, Hoppy Kirchner will be on. Going to let this guy continue here for just a well, second. Well, it's here. important because it's a winter storm warning.
7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Okay. Slippery roads. And we will be, we'll be talking about this with our next guest as soon as the National Weather Service tones are done. Hmm. It's going to snow. Apparently, <laughs> apparently they've learned this at the uh, Emergency Broadcasting Network. We, we knew this. We've been talking about this for days. I can hear him in the <laughs> speakers in the background. <laughs> The long one as well. It so bear really with is. us, listeners. All right. There we go. <laughs> so with that said, we welcome you back into the Hoppy Crutchville building. For those of you that just heard that nonsense on the podcast, my apologies. For those of you live, uh, you would have just heard that National Weather Service alert. Uh, and to no one's surprise, we've got uh, a, a weather event that's happening this weekend. And our next guest joins us via phone, Marsha. Uh, to help us break it down. That's right. And by the way, I just heard from Morgan County Sheriff Casey Bohr, who was talking about the winter weather warning as well. He said uh, it toned when, when Dick Myers was on as well from Jefferson <laughs> County. So I I, poly- I didn't even hear that No, happening. I didn't hear that one at all. But uh, our, our um, resident expert on weather joins us. Will Astle, welcome in. Hi, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> So, so let me start by asking you this because, you know, you gave us a lot of predictions earlier on in the week. As we've gotten a little bit closer, we're going to start to put things into a little bit more of a clearer perspective. Are you kind of like, you know, Parker's picks? He comes back every day after his picks and said, I was right about this. I was right about that. Is that kind of how meteorologists are as well? You're kind of keeping a running tab. You know, you said five to 12 inches. If there's five inches on the ground, you're going to be like, yep, got that one right. Just like Parker, I'm never wrong. <laughs> Whoa, that's a flex. That's what we call a flex, Will. No, but but seriously, um, originally we, we had the totals a little bit higher because the track of the low uh, was supposed to be a little bit further offshore. Mm. Uh, but because the track is now better defined, you know, three to six, we were kind of eight to ten. It's just a, it's one step down from what we were talking about, but it really isn't a matter of exact numbers. It's more of getting people aware of what's coming. Right. So uh, can we put the, the snowfall itself into more of a perspective? I've seen you know varying reports as to when we're going to start seeing it uh, fall. From what I understand, we've narrowed it down to tomorrow. But do you know when we're going to start to see that precipitation? Yeah, I think the precip will start uh, between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. Uh, definitely further south, like as you get down towards... Pendleton County and out towards Moorefield and uh, Petersburg, uh, they're going to see the snow first because the storm is coming up from the southwest. Um, But in Martinsburg proper, 10 o'clock might be the onset. Um, I saw that the uh, DOH trucks are out heavily uh, pre-treating the main thoroughfares this morning. Um, So I would say you're probably okay up until about 2 o'clock. But it's supposed to be a heavy mixed precipitation event uh, with a total snow and sleet accumulation of three to six inches. Um, so we're probably going to get the snow first. Then we're going to see a change over to ice. So do you think there will be enough ice uh, accumulation that it's going to make a difference on the power lines? Uh, <laughs> there, could be up to, there could be up to a quarter inch of ice accretion or accumulation, depending on which word you like. Uh, I don't think that it'll be that big of an issue this time around. 
Um, plus, I don't think we're going to have the winds like we typically can see with, with strong nor'easters. Now, from what we understand also, you know, this event's going to last the, the next day or so, and then the temperatures are going to start rising again. But when we had you on earlier in the week, uh, it sounds as though we might go through this the same exact cycle next weekend. Is that a fair assessment? Yes, uh, it's pretty fair. Uh, next weekend's still a ways off. We've got to get through Tuesday morning first. Mm. Um, everything should be wrapped up and done by midnight at the very latest. Uh, but Tuesday morning, we're going to have another storm approaching from a different direction. Um, that storm is going to be actually riding up the, the Ohio Valley, which we call an inside runner. And what that will do is there's going to be some cold air damming in the valleys, and that's going to all start off as snow. So Tuesday morning could be a little a little dicey, but it's supposed to change over to all rain, and we could even have some flooding issues Monday afternoon and Monday evening. Wow. Uh, for er, Sorry. Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening. Uh, for people that are interested in uh, your live updates, uh, where can they go to find more information? On Facebook. All I got to do is search on WV Eastern Panhandle Weather, and my page should be right at the top. Just click on it and jump into the craziness. All right. All right so I know you're going to be busy, but like, what's your go-to? What do you have in the crock pot or whatever for a storm like this? Um. This weekend, we're probably going to do some good old-fashioned sloppy joes. Mm, yeah, that's, that's absolutely that's a classic. Yeah. Got me hungry here at 9 o'clock in the morning. But, we'll, <laughs> Astle, we really appreciate you uh, giving us the time this morning and uh, uh, look forward to, to to keeping up with all the updates this weekend. Yeah, It's going to be busy on the page. Just try to keep up. All right. Very good. <laughs> have a good uh, we'll, weekend. We'll Astle there of WV Eastern Panhandle Weather. Uh, do you have a go-to for uh, – for, are, are you a yes, chilly person? Chilly. Okay. It's got to be chilly. Come on. <laughs> But sloppy joes sound good too. They do. It's 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 in the it's in the family tree of chili. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a lot of the same ingredients. Related, separate. Are you in the midst of a, a book you're reading or a show you're binging? You're going to knock am, out some mess. All mine are nonfic. My my books are always nonfictional. So yeah, people aren't going to be interested in that. There's a but lot yeah, of biographies. Over I am. The I'm working on a book right now. Oh. Yeah, like not writing it, reading it. So. <laughs> Yeah, how about you? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we've got the Shepherd basketball, which, by the way, I don't even think we mentioned this on the sports show. Our Shepherd basketball games tomorrow against East Stroudsburg have been moved up an hour. So they were supposed to be at one and three, uh, and instead they're going to be at noon and two. So if you got the radio close by this weekend, you can listen to some live Shepherd basketball. And then after that, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to make sure I can get there and back. The and, weekend is full of possibilities. And once I make sure I can get to and from the butcher center at uh, at Shepherd, then uh, then we'll decide what uh, we're going to do. Brand new apartment. Almost all of my box boxes are officially unpacked. Good for you. Uh -huh. Wow, that's tremendous. I know. We just have to get some of the cookware out, and then we're good to go. Make it chili. There you go. I might have to make some chili. That's going to do it for us. If you missed any or part of today's show, we're going to post this on our Spotify coming up here in just a couple of moments. Hoppy Kerchival is next for Marsha Gavalik. I've been Luke Wiggs. We'll talk Talk to you on Monday. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June, I said that's life. Some people get their kicks stomping on a dream. But I don't let it, let it get me down. Cause this
this final WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.